So welcome to the Stories of Market Research, the Incitrix podcast. I am Sharday Torgerson, the creative and digital strategist at Incitrix in Saskatoon, Canada, and your host. So today we have a very special episode. I am joined by two incredible folks today. So first we have Shauna Caldwell, our very own Chief Revenue Officer at Incitrix. Thank you for joining us again today on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Happy to be back. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? But uh, hopefully that changes really soon. So, uh, and I would also like to welcome Larry Anderson. So she's the chief relationship officer and part owner at the creative digital agency known as Chess Club uh, here in Saskatoon, Canada as well. So welcome. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. I love the vibes where we were talking about it earlier, but I, <laughs> it feels like you're ready for summer. That's what it feels like. <laughs> you, should, you should come down to the agency. That's the whole vibe here. Oh, I can't wait to see you. Shauna, Shauna uh, knows. Yeah. Put me on the next invite. I'm coming to check always it out. Always yeah. Fridays over there. <laughs> I feel like we, we, we can compare as well because I, that's one thing about our office. It's by 3.34 p.m. We're like, I don't know. We just got to be doing something because we got the vibes going on at the office. So sounds like we exactly. can relate. <laughs> yeah, we should meet up next time. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you guys have an absolute blast together, even obviously on the Friday <laughs> afternoons, but also doing presentations I, I uh, hear. So I'm really excited to bring that energy to the podcast today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Before we dive in, though, I really have a serious question here. Now, Larry, I heard you were a fierce karaoke queen. Is that true? Oh, well, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Depends. Okay. If you are deaf, then yes. <laughs> if you have really good hearing, then no, I'm not good. But I, I the, it's the performance value that I think really adds to it. I really put on a show, not so much like the actual tone and voice. <laughs> It's the distraction of everything else that makes it so good. Exactly. (laughs) Breaking out into song and dance whenever given the chance, I think, is is an underrated talent. Whether whether you can pull it off or not, I think, is your regard. (laughs) Tell me, you know, as maybe even myself a little too embarrassed to sing without perhaps a few tequila shots to convince me. (laughs) uh, What what makes the perfect karaoke song? Um. (laughs) <laughs> one that you actually it's not done by a good singer um <laughs> and one that you know all the lyrics to or that you can fake the ah. lyrics to because I can sing salt and pepper but I can't rap but it's so fast that people think that I'm actually saying something but I'm not You're just I'm not actually rapping. And, and going with it I feel like it's I, like a party favor. I think that's <laughs> the party favorite. thing where we where we really just learned lyrics from the radio and kind of went with it for years and no one really questioned yeah. it because there was no real, no. Uh, you know, lyric sheets besides digging through your team <laughs> jewels, essentially. It, exactly. I was funny. I was going to ask a bonus uh, follow up question and it was related to, uh, you know, people. What, what song would uh, people be incredibly surprised that you may know all the lyrics to? Salt and Pepper is one. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what? At the Sastel Christmas party, we did karaoke and I sang Do Host and uh, that was interesting. <laughs> that was at the at the end of the night. We're talking like 1 p 1 a.m. kind of and I, I gave it my all. That takes the cake, I think, for it, it for does. specialty niche in terms of, <laughs> of karaoke. Courage on that one. <laughs> 
Oh, I yes. A lot of fireball helped with that. Wow. I spoke German. <laughs> <laughs> you read German and sang it out loud, yeah, apparently. Exactly. <laughs> I'm yeah. very impressed. <laughs> I'm kind of more of like a meatloaf person, maybe uh, something a little bit easier. But uh, at the same time, I don't think I'd have <laughs> the audacity to attempt Duhas. <laughs> so impressed. You should just try it. We'll do it together. I'll one take time. your word for it. I'll take your word yeah. for it. I, I honestly, Honestly, though, I've, I'm quite certain this comes from a pastime of being children. We all, you know, back in the 90s, early 2000s, we were catching much music to, to record some mm-hmm. of our favorite songs. I actually went to the Montgomery Grouch sale this weekend. Shout out to all my Saskatchewan <gasps> folks nice. who know exactly what I'm talking about. I bought <laughs> a third generational iPod just to feel nostalgic, had the same <laughs> one when I was a kid. Turns out these things are worth a pretty penny because all the younger folks are are getting into these uh uh what we call ancient technologies if you will but yeah i was pretty is considered ancient now oh god i it hurts my feelings i seen pokemon cards on the antique road show so that should say enough (gasps) oh no 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 but it's got to see this conversation is already flowing we haven't even got into the topics so you know shauna it's got to be a lot of fun working with folks like chess club who aren't afraid to bust out into perhaps a generational y2k bop uh to get the crowd rolling (laughs) so so larry let's dive in a little bit more about you and chess club maybe mind giving us a bit of a brief into the the day in a life so purple lights a is a given on a tuesday (laughs) but uh what do you what do folks uh around uh, chess club do Well, uh, Chess Club is a creative agency that is located in Saskatoon. So we are actually fairly new, but we have kind of like an old structure. So what happened about a year and a half ago is myself and two other owners bought an existing agency that's been around for 40 years. It was uh, formerly known as MGM Communications. Um, We bought it and then we totally restructured it. We tore it down. We tore down the old regime, basically, is what I call it, the old way of thinking. And uh, we started building up what we believe to be the future of how creative agencies should work in the province. And we believe in mothering prosperity um, through curiosity here. And mothering prosperity means so much to us just in that one statement. Um, To mother is to create and uh, prosperity could mean so many different things. And because of our clients um, are wide in the industry, so we have insurance clients, we have government clients, we have credit unions, they all operate in different industries and they all view prosperity differently. So um, having that as a general statement of just success for our clients is extremely important for us here. And uh, um, how we do that is through great partnerships um, like in Citrix and a few media partners that we have here too. Wonderful. Yeah, maybe we'll we'll dive a little bit more into that topic. Uh, perhaps you wouldn't mind telling us a bit about how the partnership between uh, Chess Club and Insightrix came to be. What what were the driving factors behind it? Well, it was funny. I was talking to one of my clients, and I was like, "Look, I I need a mes- our, our market research company that we can work with," and um, but we didn't know where to start. And she suggested, she's like, oh, well, why don't I just hook you up with Corinne at uh, Insightrix? So 
boom. Yes, we knew in Citrix before we worked on a lot of the uh, client work with them before, but didn't have that solid partnership or connection. So uh, met up with uh, Shauna and Corinne, got a tour of your guys' office, <laughs> which I just love the fish tanks everywhere. And I'm like, how do you keep up with this? I have a little fish tank at home and I'm like, why did I do this? But apparently Corinne has a fish guy. We so. have a fish guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I need a fish guy here. <laughs> I mean, apart from the fish tanks, we, we sat down, we had some coffee and I knew instantly that we had shared values and not only shared values, but we c- I could see that they understood the potential of this partnership and how it would not only, only help our clients um, and bring value to them, but also bring value to each other and help each other grow mm-hmm. and learn from each other within the industry. And um, how it was brought on is basically we operated um, – our market research in-house and as MGM. And when we took over, we eliminated that because our market research was one person who had no background in market Mm -hmm. research. I will admit it, but I wasn't running the company at that time. So don't hold it against me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then partnering. And I saw that as a kind of not bringing any value to our clients and not being honest either or building any kind of trust. So we knew that we had to partner with someone um, that had those shared values uh, because it was extremely important for us to have a partnership that understood that each one of us plays a part and that respect and that trust and honesty needed to be there so we could advance our client in that that respect. So um, that was kind of the need that we saw immediately. The end, the end client really does benefit in that regard, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, as the chief uh, revenue officer at Incitrix, Shauna, what made you see the potential in partnering with a creative agency like Chess Club? Uh, how do you think partnerships like this enhance our service offerings? Well, beyond just meeting with Larry and you can see her personality and just her bubble <laughs> and <laughs> obviously we hit it off right away. So yeah, it all started yeah. with a cup of coffee, but um, the partnership <laughs> has only grown since then, I think. But um, really it comes down to what Larry was saying. I think we just saw an alignment in our values um, at Incitrix. You know, we're always trying to deliver the best possible product for our clients, but knowing what we know and not trying to, you know, be the expert at everything, right? We want to work with our clients and collaborate. Um, One of Chess Club's things is stay curious. And as a market researcher, I mean, that's one of the best qualities you can have um, in our industry. Mm -hmm. So that alone, I think, just showing how we can stay curious together, how we can value each other's expertise. We can bring a more holistic approach to our clients' problems but um, Larry, especially, she may get into this later, but her um, <laughs> interest in Excel sheets and data, and obviously when you talk data, <laughs> any market researcher's ears is obviously going to be like, oh my goodness, a great <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, believes in data yeah. and providing evidence um, to the solutions that they're giving their clients. And I think it just, from the get-go, like I said, uh, we can see how we can bring value to our clients together, but both, you know, within our own expertise and building off each other and growing that. And it's only going to help clients down the line, you know, with their 
spending money where it needs to be spent. Um, and that's what we believe in as well. Right. So I think it was, yeah. 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 yeah I, I believe, you know, we, we exist in a, a great marketplace where collaboration, you know, really is a, a form of competition. Um, so being able to work with other agencies within Saskatchewan, it's not to say we're not landing and expanding and doing great work outside of our province, but Here's an example where, you know, a unique partner, partnering agency such as Chess Club and Incitrix, uh, you know, can can bid on certain projects together and really provide, a, you know, some benefits. So maybe let, let's expand on that. So, Larry, you know, what benefits do you see for clients when perhaps a market research firm like Incitrix and a creative agency like Chess Club, we collaborate mm-hmm. and bid on projects to create or, uh, together, excuse me, um, how does this create an advantage within the industry in Saskatchewan, maybe uh, specifically? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, this kind of way of doing things is not new, but in Saskatchewan, because we're a little slower of adopting kind of certain innovative things mm-hmm. to old world structures, yeah. <laughs> this is new now for us. And we're really pushing forward and trying to change that narrative when we go into bid, saying that a creative agency shouldn't do it all, especially if it's a team of one person or two people. That's just not enough, especially with the constant advancements and possibilities out there. So when we thought of it that back in whenever it was decided that everything should be brought in house and that's the way it should be done, I'm assuming at that point that there wasn't a lot of advancements. There wasn't a huge digital push. There wasn't um, a plethora of ways to collect data. There was focus groups or some kind of... um, areas of that. Now it's not the case. You need a whole team. Like I, and Shauna, I can't remember how large your team is. Is it 20, 30? So roughly around 30. Yeah. Professional. Yeah. 30. Yeah. Yeah. So you get a team of 30 or you get a team of one person who knows how to do a Google survey. You tell me what's valuable there. (laughs) I was like, that's honestly what was happening. I was like, well, that's great. But, uh, just not good enough, especially for the clients that we have. So we really took a step back and we realized, yes, we wouldn't have that budget anymore, but that budget doesn't mean anything if we're not advancing our clients because that budget will dry up if we're not helping them advance themselves. So what we saw as an advantage, especially going into proposals, is having that expertise and specialization. It's a huge huge value add. And they and Citrix has a wealth of experience of conducting various types of research and access to the latest tools that we don't even know about. And you guys have that live dashboard that we use for SaskTel with you guys for ad tracking, um, even testing ads before they even go out into the public. Love that feature, especially if you're doing something really sensitive um, around branding or a larger campaign. Spending that extra budget at the beginning, especially when the creative agency knows, okay, we got to allocate this money here to make sure that this this little concept is going to work out in the wild. Is to me, it's it's risk, but or it's risk averted. I, I love it. But I mean, if you would ask my creative team, they would probably say, Larry, please <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> Reel it in. But, Reel it in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, please. <laughs> 
But there's also cost savings to it as well. Um, when you have an expert that knows it, mm-hmm. you know, they it's not something that they're learning. It's routine. It's inherent. They know what they're doing. Um, and you have access to larger sample sizes and quicker turnaround. Again, because they know what they're doing. They have a huge team. All of those advantages, we explain to our clients. And it's we're still struggling with that. Um, a little bit. And then after, if we don't win an RFP, we'll go to them and ask for a little debrief. And they're like, well, we just don't know how that connection works. So that we take it back. We're like, okay, hey, we got to explain this a little bit more deeper on how this actually benefits. And we've made strides since then. It's been like six months of, um, of that <laughs> kind of work. So it takes time, but it's going to be worth it. I tell you, <laughs> you should be a part of our sales team, Larry. That whole that whole <laughs> elevator pitch was absolutely perfect. But it sounds like you really you benefit and you value the work that we do at Insightrix. Hundred percent. Yeah, and and even in our short partnership, uh, we're already seeing a really you know unique opportunity to show our end clients uh, how valuable this can be and how it's happening everywhere. Because you're you're right. We are hearing even in the market research industry, excuse me, internationally as well. This is very common, um, mm-hmm. collaborating to give your, your end client or your end user the best possible product and service offering. A lot of the times, excuse me, that can come from, uh, you know, more than one product, more than one uh, team really uh, coming together and providing this as, as a full service offering. So I think this is, yeah. you're right, unique maybe in, in Saskatchewan, but but something that we're, we're seeing even uh, in the industry of market research, I'm sure even uh, the creative side as well, we're, we're seeing that. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that's really good, uh, like an overarching, you know, uh, example of how I think end clients, especially in Saskatchewan, can benefit uh, with working for us. But, you know, Shauna, in your experience as well, what do you think is important when it comes to uh, perhaps organizations looking to build partnerships around their service offerings? So, you know, in your recent experience working with Larry, how are you seeing it as an add value to our clients and or, or even chess clubs clients and helping them meet their end goals a little bit more effectively? Sure. Yeah. I want to also just kind of say like the whole, the old age debate of, you know, research and creative, um, it has been around (laughs) forever. And to your point, Larry, I don't know when it became like, we can do it in house. And it's just like, I don't know when that was decided that, you know, we didn't like each other for some reason, but it is a long, long debate that, you know, predecedes me in the industry. So, um, I think the benefit is like, it's a bit of a relay, especially when it comes to advertising and creative and messaging, right? So to Larry's point, it's being able to catch the oh no moments before they become very big oh no moments. So, um, and that's where you spend money and that's where it can have a backlash. I mean, we all remember the, uh, what is it? Kendall Jenner Pepsi ad. Or it might have been done in house. I don't know. Maybe there's <laughs> not one person that claims to know how, but um, <laughs> there's a bit of a, you know, helping our clients make the best decisions um, with the collaboration of a creative agency. So we're not here to critique work, um, but we're here to optimize it for the best possible scenario 
Um, and to Larry's point, the investment and the budget and making it work. And I think that's why a partnership like this one works so well is that we both have that end goal in mind of our client, right? Um, and going back to what our values are of being able to provide our clients with the best possible decisions um, based on data um, only helps all of us at the end. It's a win-win situation. Um, and I think partnerships are becoming more and more of a way of doing business. Um, back to what I said earlier, it's, you know, we can't all do everything. We're not an expert in everything. And, you know, that narrative, um, for some reason, I'm not sure why it's there. But um, one thing that works really well, I think, with Larry and with other partnerships is that you're there to educate your clients, right? So they might not know what they don't know. And so I think that's one thing that's worked really well here is, you know, we might not be successful in everything that we do and every contract that we bid on, but it's more of a long game. It's an education. It's, mm -hmm. you know, we want to be kind of those trailblazers in Saskatchewan to show that partnerships do work and um, that they're here to help the client to kind of be an extension of their business. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Did you have anything to add on that, Larry? No, I was going to say it was probably some creative that said we got to do it in-house because some <laughs> someone didn't like their idea. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> a little, little sensitive, a little, little too close to the yeah. work perhaps. But, you know, there, there is something too that I think even just recognizing, you know, uh, competitively a lot of the times in Saskatchewan, we're very quick to want all the pie, if you will, um, mm -hmm. especially when we often say in Citrix, we got a really great, um, you know, reputation here. We got lots of clients uh you know we're even in lack of a better term sometimes saturated within our own marketplace because we do such great work it's really hard uh to compete with us but you know on the flip hand that can also be often intimidating you know that could be something where people will assume they're, they're taking from the the bigger piece of the pie but to recognize you know to work with a best-in-class digital agency have a best-in-class market research firm you combine both efforts and, and come up with a really great uh, bid in terms of uh, proposal, you know, how, how then can you compete outside of our province? Because we just, we're very stronger, we're much stronger together than we are apart. And we're talking creative mm -hmm. and, and market research, if you will. So um, yeah. I, myself as a creative, I, I can see where maybe the tension uh, comes into play. I used to, <laughs> uh, before my former life, I worked in trades before I went and uh, what we call got soft hands in university. But at the same time, <laughs> I, I worked in construction and we did, um, I did what was called um, polying over things and, and electricians actually worked before us when we were doing the insulation and the poly. Uh, there was just this inherent disconnect between the electricians and the insulators simply because we, we backed each other in terms of the operation. You know, the electricians had to go and then, and then we had to follow their work and often we were butting hands simply for the fact that uh, we were just the next in line to, to have to, you know, take the, the project over, if you will, enhance it. Um, and, and maybe there was some, you know, friction moments simply because maybe we assumed they didn't do a good job. They assumed that we were going to wreck their <laughs> job. Uh, but yeah, it was a common issue over coffee row between insulators and, and electricians. And I, I bet you that, <laughs> that issue still exists today. So I thought I'd share. But there's so much parallel, I think, between creatives and market researchers, because again, it's just following suit where we're kind of providing the data, you know, we pass it on through the project and hopefully we can, you know, provide some actionable 
valuable insights in, in that regard. And and whether mm-hmm. if they're used or not creatively, sometimes is subjective. But you're right; it's it's also the market research side can be risk adversive. Uh, and we've seen this even recently and and more commonly where uh, there's creative teams on the ground. They want to get something out really quickly. They produce something. Maybe it's timely um, or something a little bit more edgy, if you will. And it just does not really hit the mark. And I think, uh, yeah, market research can kind of help support that. So thought I'd share just even my own experience uh, being, you know, on the creative <laughs> side as well. I have a yeah. unique lens uh, working in an agency, but as a creative for the agency itself. So I really, I tend to see both sides quite uniquely. And I think that, uh, yeah, this is cool conversation as regard to that. So yeah. But, to, to dive kind of back in, uh, I know we were exploring a lot of this partnership between us. I think we got a really, you know, great idea why this uh, inherently benefits clients where, you know, we're providing more comprehensive solutions that hopefully can integrate that market research into, you know, uh, more projects, say, if we're using as an example, creative advertising. You gave a lot of great examples, Larry, about using dashboards and, and certain types of technologies that we can kind of provide in-house, really agile mm-hmm. solutions and and support your teams. Um, maybe we can shift focus in some of the work that we've actually done recently. So uh, this is where that uh, karaoke uh, uh, comment <laughs> from my understanding, uh, Sean, <laughs> you and Larry, you both recently spoke uh, about employee branding together. From my understanding, there was um, some Spice Girls uh, a karaoke moment there. So uh, <laughs> reputation, I hear, was a great, great presentation. But now I don't want to give, I guess, too much of the secret sauce away. But I'm kind of curious about that presentation. Perhaps we're, uh, we want to elaborate a little bit more on uh, some of the methods that you uh, have found effective in differentiating uh, company image towards job uh, seekers. So now we're talking about employer branding and perhaps company image. This is uh, my, from my understanding what a lot of the, the recent presentations were about. So uh, this might go to both of you, whoever wants to kind of jump in. But uh, what do you guys think uh, about these methods that are so important for the overall success of the organization? So maybe we can share an example of a method and, and why uh, we we're seeing it uh, so successful. Mm-hmm. Did you want to go, Sean? Go ahead, Larry. I can build off whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm just going to start singing then. You said seven seconds before we get the copyright. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you make up a song. What if I... Yeah. <laughs> Together. No, okay. Um, <laughs> one of the big, the biggest methods that, and, and that's really simple, is knowing who you are. And that um, involves internal research. And a lot of the companies that we talk to, especially outside of even employer branding, talking about branding, is that they don't know who they are. And they don't have data systems in place internally to ha- understand their history properly either or understand their customer base, um, who they hire, like who em- uh, the employees are. So I think one of the biggest things that we saw when Shauna and I were talking about employer branding is that there was that disconnect of maybe they don't actually know who they are and who they are attracting um, so having that internal research done with the help of uh, Insightrix, but also having external research done, finding out what the people that actually want to work for your company, 
like? What's their narrative? What's their worldviews? What's their demographic? Where do they live? How do we communicate to them? Maybe it's not just posting an ad on um, SaaS jobs, let's say. Maybe they don't go on there. Maybe you have to find a unique way to do that. Maybe it's career fairs. Maybe it's like um, university uh, career fairs that you have to go to in person. So all of that is done through or discovered through research. And I think that was the missing piece where like, oh, we'll just go to this because so-and-so company is doing that. So-and-so company is not you mm-hmm. and it's not your values. Yep. And people are getting like, you can't have, you can't have a room full of beanbag chairs and ping pong tables and people will stay anymore. <laughs> that was a feature back in the day, but now it's like, what is um, your compensation package? What, uh, what are the hours? Uh, can I work from home? Is there arranged? Um, maybe can I work from abroad? All of these questions need to be clearly communicated and it can't be c- communicated within a job posting. It has to live throughout your entire brand. So employer brand lives in a little hub underneath your overall brand. And I explained it in the actual presentation as Spice Girls, where (laughs) you have the Spice World brand, that's your brand. And then you have all the Spice Girls that are different. You got the Baby Spice, you got Posh, they're all, they all have their different brand, but they all lead up to that one Spice World's brand, basically. Oh, a dog. (laughs) And, um, So looking into that, but integrating that employer brand communication throughout your message, like communicated in social, online, um, through your website. Um, Shauna, I'll let you. (laughs) I feel feel like I just chatted the whole time. No, I think that's exactly what it is. And it's making sure that there's alignment in, you know, that I think what we called it was, are you what you say you are? And doing that double check, making sure that once you know who you want to be and are you communicating that message clearly, um, both externally and internally. So those are like external as anybody that could be a potential candidate, right? Anyone that's going to see your company, um, word of mouth travels fast. And so you need to make sure that your positioning and your values are clear and people are talking about you in the same way that you want them to be. And then your internal is your direct employees, your founders, your investors, people that are, you know, living your brand day to day. Are they connecting with what you want to be? So if you want to be honest and creative and humble and things, how are you positioning that to your employees through? Is it a company intranet? Is it your everyday language? Is it your proposals? Is it, uh, I don't even know, like other things, like just a newsletter that's going out. Um, So it's really creating the alignment in everything that you do. And I think what Larry and I found after doing these presentations, it's really helping clients like streamline it back. Okay, let's start at the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. Because especially if you're Mm -hmm. a company that's been in business for years and years and years, it's potentially gotten lost down the way or it's potentially changed. So let's bring it back down to that core values. What do you want to do? Kind of that strategy thinking and then doing a bit of an audit on it, which is where the research comes in, testing your theories, testing the perceptions that are out there among different audiences. Um, And then, yeah, seeing where the gaps in alignment are, which can really just help create, you know, that really strong employer branding. And then to Larry's point, 
you start building that into all of your communications. So things like job postings, things like your website, hopefully Google reviews that are put out there as well. Um, ideally, <laughs> you don't want there to be any question in who you are as an organization, right? Both from those connected to you and those that aren't connected to you. So. Amen. Yeah, and I feel maybe perhaps the word audit could be misconstrued as something scary um, or a little bit intimidating. Again, just, you know, we are recently are going through an ISO 27001-2013. I think that's what it is. An audit for data security. And um, yeah, it's just, it's quite, we're all, all hands on deck and just we're both excited but anxious and, and recognizing like, wow, this is a big deal. But in terms of brand auditing, like this stuff can be actually fairly exciting. This can be, you know, a part of your your annual, you know, internal research that you're doing. This can be something implemented at the ground level so that we're ensuring that uh, employees are really they're they're living and breathing the, the same culture and the same brand that we're that hopefully as a business, you know, they're looking to provide. So talking about the brand auditing and how it can really help shape the company's employer brand strategy, we're kind of you know, looking at other areas where uh, perhaps brand perception, you know, where there might be some common mistakes or pitfalls that organizations may encounter when they're when they're doing employer branding. We, we kind of touched on it a bit of uh, of it, but what are some examples of perhaps not so great practices that uh, can potentially have a negative impact on a company's image, uh, especially in the job market? I don't know, Larry. Did you want to go, or did you want me to? <laughs> yeah, I can go right. if you, you <laughs> Shauna, you know, I always have something to say. <laughs> like, it's to my detriment, I tell you. <laughs> what would you I say is the biggest one then, Larry? With the biggest one? I would say poor communication, 100%. <laughs> People think that they do a good job at explaining their brand. And I'm like, even, even us, like, um, we're really good at it on Instagram. Are we good on, on, on our website? No. <laughs> and don't tell my team that, but we got some work to do there. <laughs> but check out our Instagram. It clearly explains our uh, brand here. Um, but yes, going back to that communication um, aspect of it. So once you figure out who you are and who you're trying to target, you need to figure out a communication plan that actually works and clearly communicates that. So what we look at it is like when we do an employer brand strategy, we include kind of all the channels that we need to hit that explains the employer brand. And I think that's often missed. Most people focus on what you do instead of the how and the why. The biggest thing um, is why you do it, why we exist as, as a company. So that um, is a pillar in your social strategy, uh, clearly communicating what your employer brand is there. Um, even in your um, search engine marketing, having employer branding pillar there, having it on your website, actually having a good page onto the why. And, and again, not just your services. People get what you can do, but why do you exist? Why am I buying into this? Why do I have shared values um, there? And that goes for clients, but it also goes for your future employees. They want to buy into a company because they have shared values and they can see that growth aspect there. Um, another one is poor reputation. Um, and that comes from hiring people that don't 
have the same values as your company. And it has nothing to do with if you're a bad company. Uh, well, maybe there are some bad companies out there, but let's let's exist in a world of rainbows and butterflies and assume that every company is just like dimes. <laughs> yeah. So like you could hire someone with a motivation of uh, affiliation. So they just want to be a part of the community, have that kind of real nonprofit feel. But your company is really motivated and by the people and the culture is motivated by power. They want to influence people. So that those are two different motives. Doesn't mean that one is right or wrong. It means that that person that wants affiliation is not going to fit in with a culture that wants power. So that's where that alignment comes in when we want to do the research. We may think, oh yeah, we are uh, a culture of affiliation. We, we get along, we're a family. Mm, you may be a family, but you're a culture of power. You want to kind of influence people. You want to be the top dog in the, in the market, let's say. Nothing wrong with it, mm-hmm. but you can't attract the ones that want affiliation. And there can be multiple motives that people want, but those strong motives have to align with that culture motive. And I, that I think is the biggest thing is that you're maybe not communicating to the right people and you're maybe not understanding who you actually are. And that takes some market research from a lens that is just factual. And that's why I love market research so much. Shauna and I talk about it all the time. Facts are facts. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I think I would go one step. The I totally agree with you. It's communication, Larry, but I think I would go one step yeah. before that. And it's clarity. It's really knowing what you're yes. communicating. Right. So, um, and it goes beyond, yeah. I agree, Larry, your services, your services aren't your differentiators. Those there's many market research mm-hmm. firms out there. There's many creative agencies. Um, so you can't mm-hmm. say that you're the first one. Um, that does these things. But again, it's the why you're doing those things or the how you're doing those things or what makes you different. What is a differentiator that's, you know, sets you apart from that competition that might, you know, hit a chord with a potential client or a potential employee that's like, that aligns with what I want for my business. And that's what you want, you know, people that work for you to say, people that are talking about you to say, potential clients. Um, And so, it's really, I think, the importance of the research in that whole thing is helping you know where, I guess, how to be clear on what you want to communicate. So you, again, can have all these grandiose ideas and things like that. But if you don't have the data to back it up to say, yes, this makes sense. And this is based on, like Larry mm-hmm. said, facts. I have the numbers. I am now being a little yeah. bit, you know less risky and trying to communicate that I can do everything. And so I'm scaling it back. I'm knowing how to be clear what I want to do. Um, and that's where a bit of that relay comes in, I think, because that's what we do as in Citrix, mm-hmm. the market research firm. And then you just kind of t- pass the baton, right? You know, it's we're not saying how yeah. you communicate it, what it needs to look like when you communicate it, but the messaging and the positioning, we've provided the numbers behind that so that you can feel more comfortable um, as an organization to go out there knowing like, okay, yes, I believe in this. People believe in this. The ones that I want to attract believe in this. I mean, there's no better mm-hmm. kind of decision-making than knowing that you have some evidence to back it up. And so I think the clarity that the numbers provide the strategy 
who will only help your success in communication down the line and hopefully eliminate those gaps in alignment, like Larry said, you know, that if someone's talking about a company in this way, you can kind of see, okay, well, that's, it's not a real big fit. Um, and so having that, those numbers behind what you're saying really helps um, drive that strategy. And even with those numbers, Shauna, like was saying, those are now success measurements too. So now we're taking that market research, we're picking out the things that how we are going to measure success of our communication and creative efforts. So we're using that as a tool to continually advance and optimize where we're going with employer brand, which is another absolute key factor that we found in market research is that we're finding actual metrics that help us guide where we need to go, where we need to adjust, where our creative isn't hitting, where our communication is lacking. And that is an important part in employer branding too, is to be able to track that success. I think I have a a really good example of that. I was talking to a client recently, probably in the last few weeks, and um, they said, okay, well, our, our awareness metrics is 94%. And so there's not really much room to grow on awareness, right? But Yet people are seeing us as practical. And so we're having a conversation like, does that make sense? What does practical mean? How can I grow this metric in a way that aligns with what I want for my organization? Um, So to your point, Larry, when you look at those metrics down the line, like we don't want to lose that 94% on your awareness. So you want to keep making sure that people know who you are. They're talking about you. You're out there. But it's maybe not the metric that you really want to focus on. Because there's, you know, 6%. Are you really going to spend money growing a 6%? No, you're better off really understanding um, (laughs) what you want people to know, maybe looking more into that practical metric, what it means, how you can grow it, how you can differentiate yourself on it. And so um, Mm -hmm. it's fun that way because sometimes you get those surprises. They can be good surprises and they can totally lead you down another path um, that eventually uh, will just make it even stronger. So. Yeah. yeah, that's how you grow. Yep, and let yeah. the data let the data talk as well. That's great. There's yes. some really great yeah. insight there. Um, you know, we we've been talking about how you know our market research firms, creative agencies, working closer together when it comes to employee branding initiatives. How collaborating between these two areas of expertise leads clients into a more comprehensive or, or cohesive, if you will an effective employer uh, branding strategy and appreciate all the the examples. It sounds like that, you know, this is work we're currently doing with folks. Uh, it's, it's work that we, we would like to do more of with folks as well. So I think this is a really cool topic and it, it kind of leads me back into this partnership um, uh, approach where, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit earlier as well, where, you know, the assumption is, is that market research and maybe even creative for that matter can always be done in house. Sounds like we ran into that issue in, in the past uh, with chess club, Larry, um, you know, and it's often, you know, considered a, a dated mentality. I, I And I think we kind of touch some light on that. But why, mm-hmm. why is it important for an external expertise, you know, for say a market research firm, like in why is it valuable for creative agencies like Chess Club to work with folks like us in today's business? Now, I know we kind of touched on it, but really kind of, you know, expanding on this idea that market research can be done in-house. What, what's your experience on that? Um, I think the biggest benefit is a better understanding of the target audience that we're trying to hit. 
Um, and it's because people have inherently opinions and I may have an opinion on millennials. Yeah. Who would have thought I was going to say, I was going to say a joke, but it has a swear word on it. And I don't know. Let's just all love our own ideas. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But, um, so Sometimes our perceptions cloud where we need to go. But if we have factual data to lean on, then we can go back to those facts and realign ourselves. So we'd be like, no, this is really the direction we know. I just have a feeling that millennials really like purple and we should go use that color purple. Do they? How do we know that? Did you read that on Google? Because there's a lot of things on Google, like Wikipedia. Everybody can write that. I've dabbled. (laughs) So it's having that, um, all those facts and that data to go back to, to realign our focus and where we need to go. Now, even for target audiences, it's just understanding the attitudes, the preferences, the behaviors, um, and working with a market research agency, we can actually tailor that message and those visuals to resonate with those potential employees or showcase that company culture in the way that these um, audiences value. And that's a huge point. Um, Even using effective marketing channels, understanding where they live, um, that's kind of data we've all received from them. Um, Consistency across all branding channels is understanding where we need to go to have that employer branding consistent, um, including the website, the social media, job postings, marketing materials. They can just help us find a better recognizable brand across the platforms to attract that top talent. Um, And going back to uh, Shauna's point of clarity with that messaging and branding is being clear of who we know or of who we are and clearly explaining and showcasing our values uh, to potential employees. I'd just like to maybe add, oh, sorry, go ahead, Sharnay. No, 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 you jumped on it. Just on something that we've touched on and, you know, in-house when an agency says that they can do the market research and to Larry's point, um, maybe it's just one individual or thinking they can, or you have a survey monkey account and you can blast a survey out there. Um, but working with a market research firm, and I think what we as insights professionals really like to do is we are unbiased, right? Like we are the avenue yes. to what Larry's saying, connecting you to your right target audience. And so we are not mm-hmm. putting in our subjective opinions into that research. We're connecting with you with 400 or 1,000 of your target market, and this is what they're saying. And so to Larry's point, do millennials yeah. like, oh, let's find out. Let's ask millennials. Let's you know, work with the clients and work them. with the agency to <laughs> ask the right questions to the right people, yeah. and then we just pass the data back. We're not here to tell you what shade of yeah. purple. We're here to tell you, yes, they do like purple. Mm-hmm. Now run with it. And so, um, but it's just providing yeah. that unbiased opinion. And I think that's where I go back to a bit of an education piece for we have a lot of the same clients um, because there's so much alignment in what we mm-hmm. do um, is educating them to know the difference between a biased and an unbiased opinion and that factual information that can only help you 
use your money wisely, right? So especially in a world where we know all of us are looking at budgets, we're all looking at how can I spend this for the right possible return? That's what you want, right? You want to have confidence in your decision making. And I think that that, you know, working with a partnership where we can understand the differences and how we can help each other to help the client. I mean, in my eyes, that's what I would look for if I was hiring someone, if I knew that I could get the expertise from collective (laughs) individuals that, you know, they knew what they knew and they were helping me with my budget. Why not? Yeah. And when we always struggle with that internal perception of like, this is what our customers like, do they, do you have market research to tell you? Be like, no, we just like one person told us that. Oh, oh, okay. Was it your friend? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was like, well, my friend heard it from a friend. I was like, well, all right. Let's let's do that campaign for that friend right there. I, I understand <laughs> it's when we're very first and second degree in terms of the people we know yeah. and the networks that we involve ourselves in. But that does not mean we should end <laughs> our entire creative strategy off what our Uncle Joe said last week over dinner. So <laughs> exactly my point. <laughs> That's why I always like the research. Well, check it out. Look at look at this. Read this, please. <laughs> I feel like I have a cheat code somewhere. Sometimes as a marketer for a market research firm, I could really dive in and ask these questions where a lot of the times like it, it is something that people are, are always searching for and always to make are looking to make sure that the data is backing up what they're doing. Uh, we have uh, market research online panels in, in-house and uh, many people know and use uh, Sasquatch research quite often. And I exist on the panel management team. A big part of my role is supporting the recruitment efforts. And by all means, uh, you know, being a part of a market research firm and being able to go back and ask these questions, work with, you know, panel members and get a really, uh, you know, a representative sample, get the survey back and, and be able to provide factual information to look at these personas. And it's across the board. We have great variables on things like uh, producers in Saskatchewan. So we can get a layout of folks who work in Saskatchewan in, in agriculture. And, and we're always looking at ways to to market and recruit folks like that. And how do we do that? It's, it's very different than folks that we are recruiting, say, for a general population panel like Sasquatch. So I, I feel like I have this um, uh, added benefit of being able to explore market research as a marketer. And I think that uh, it makes my job a little bit more exciting as well. Get to dive into these syndicated reports that I help design and, uh, but at the same time, absorbing this information that is just, it's such great data and great knowledge um, when we're doing syndicated work that's cost shared and, and uh, supported um, by folks who purchase it. And then, yeah, we get really great data uh, as a result. So I thought I'd share from my perspective as a marketer, but this is all really, you know, in-depth, great information on how uh, agencies can work together. We are but an example. We're a creative agency and a market research firm look for some unique values where we can kind of align, provide a really great uh, end product to our clients based off of that fact, uh, both both best in class service offerings, but also recognizing that we have values that uniquely align and, and being able to kind of come at it for the client, I think is, is pretty 
uh, unique in our maybe um, marketplace, but it's great to see that we are thought leaders in providing that opportunity. So I, again, I can kind of go down the rabbit hole. We could probably chat uh, all day. Uh, you know, I just need to go grab a beer here at noon if we're good. Uh, but I, I think we'll save it for a Friday. Now we're talking. I will wait for that invite, Larry. I, I think there's yeah. some, some Corona tequilas to be had between there the There is a karaoke studio but, uh, not too far from our office, too. I I find that out last week I, when I went for bubble tea. Bubble's the word. <laughs> but, like, I want to keep you guys as a partner, so if you hear me sing, you may run. <laughs> it, it's, it could be our, our calling card between Incitrix and, uh, and yeah. just, <laughs> just a Spice Girl song. We'll play it in the background where we come on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I, I, love I, I love this conversation a lot. I, again, I can kind of dive in. I'm going to leave it to some final thoughts. Larry, I'll start with you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have any plugs in terms of events coming up that you want to share what's going on in chess club agency oh my gosh well a lot <laughs> it is rfp season yes. <laughs> shauna shauna knows that we're working on a couple rfps together and she's like hey how's it going i'm like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> remember that remember that one presentation you came and i'm like hey shauna you're like hey i'm like What's going on tonight? I haven't slept for a couple of days. I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> thanks for showing up. <laughs> like, oh. And then she did a perfect presentation. So Pressure makes diamonds. I work with Sean. I'm not body surprised. Body experience so. probably yeah. possibly is what that was, but all good. <laughs> Delusion Do you even remember the motivator, Shauna. Don't worry. <laughs> Do you even remember that presentation? Do you remember me? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, other than RFPs, we are um, doing a workshop at the WESC Summit in Regina on May 18th. So it is going through digital strategy mainly focusing on small to medium businesses. And one of the key pieces in that strategy is forming partnerships. So uh, mm-hmm. we're going to introduce um, Incitrix to all our workshop members and also our media partner, because we do um, have a media partner as well. And both, I think, are key in developing those digital strategies and just having those conversations on how to speak to these individuals. Um, most of the time when we when we say like, okay, we'll do market research, we start talking about, they're like, I, I don't know what's going on. I'm like, this is where we brush your hair and we <laughs> lean on Shauna. And I'm like, hey, Shauna, what's going on? <laughs> tap, tap. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hey. <laughs> Just because, I mean, market research is so vast, right? So, um, just being um, that conduit for our uh, partnerships is a, a great way. So that's one of our components for the workshop. And mm. you get some cool swag and um, kind of a little worksheet with it. So it'll be it'll be a nice time. 
Awesome. Well, I'll make sure to provide the details below in the episode. So if anyone wants to check it out, I assume too, if there'll be more of these types of events in the future. So Mm -hmm. uh, just check out Chess Club Agency's website, which we'll also link below. Uh, Sean, I'm sure we could probably go into a whole summer of activities. I know we're currently working (laughs) on some summer partnerships with uh, both the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, as well as the Saskatchewan Rattlers. So uh, I'm sure folks who attend any of the games this summer will, will see some Insightrix branding, we'll get to engage with uh, some folks who work for our Sasquatch research panel team as well. Uh, if you have not signed up for Sasquatch or from Saskatchewan, we highly encourage you to do so. But yeah, lots of stuff even going on in our end. We could probably, you know, again, uh, have a laundry list of things, but um, I'm looking forward to this summer. I think there's, uh, we're really feeling a lot of events are coming to town. Is a unique vibe to 2023, I think. So looking forward to it. But thank you both for for joining me today. I really appreciate both of your perspectives on, again, both agency partnerships. We dove a little bit into employer branding and some unique um, uh, things around creative agencies and how market research firms are providing more comprehensive strategy for for folks who are looking uh, to retain and seek top uh, talents. So thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having us. (laughs) Thank you.